Broadcasting from the Blue Ridge Mountains here in the Star City of the South, Roanoke, Virginia. Welcome, my friends, to the Jamie Lee Show. Today, we're going to go back in time. Back to the Reconstruction period of the Civil War. The war is over. But where to begin picking up the pieces? The South was in shambles after the Civil War ended in 1865. Some 258,000 Southerners had died in the four-year conflict, and another 100,000 or so had been wounded. The surviving Confederate troops marched home through a devastated landscape past burned farms, shattered towns, and abandoned counties. What industry that had been established before the war was obliterated? Infrastructure such as roads, bridges, and railways had been demolished, and anything like a normal economy was just non-existent. For governing purposes, administrators divided the 11 states of the former Confederacy into five large military zones, each under the control of a U.S. Army general. Approximately 200,000 Union troops were deployed to the South to enforce the will of the federal government. As early as 1863, leaders in the North began to discuss how to reconstruct the South. Lincoln and his closest generals had favored a plan for reconstruction that would have helped mend the rifts of the war. Had Lincoln survived, the country might have been put back together in a less painful manner. Much of the clemency Lincoln desired had died with him. However, many of the measures Congress ultimately imposed under the Reconstruction were intended as revenge and did little to help the country's healing process. Andrew Johnson, the Southerner who assumed the presidency after Lincoln's passing, did not have the popularity or political force to see Lincoln's plan through to completion. His attempts at a relatively lenient restoration rather than the harsh reconstruction that was actually carried out, led to his impeachment. Some constitutional measures, such as the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, which guaranteed social, political, and legal rights to the freed blacks, were designed to ensure civil rights and social justice. White Southerners seethed. One of the least popular institutions forced upon the former Confederacy was the Freedmen's Bureau, an agency established by Lincoln as part of the War Department in 1865 that helped newly freed slaves obtain their own land, become self-sufficient, and wield political power. The Bureau quickly became rife with corruption and inefficiency. During the period of Reconstruction, Thousands of northern civilians flooded into the devastated South. Some were opportunists, unscrupulous adventurers, and con artists, seeking personal gain in political offices. 
Everyone who came from the north was dubbed a carpetbagger by southerners after a popular form of cheap luggage that many of them carried. Despite the widespread use of this derogatory term, however, many of these transplants were not self-seeking vagabonds at all. They immigrated to the South with the intent of rebuilding industry, restoring infrastructure, and educating blacks. Some Southern politicians, including a number of former Confederate soldiers, joined the Northern-based Republican Party during this period and advocated working within the parameters of Reconstruction. Such men were widely hated by others in the South, and most were branded as unprincipled scallywags by those committed to resisting Union rule. Again, like the Northern carpetbaggers, some leeway has to be given. Certainly, there were scoundrels active in Southern politics at this time, but some participants were sincere individuals who recognized that cooperating with the federal government was the quickest and most effective way to ensure the rapid withdrawal of federal troops and the return of, of some measure of autonomy to their states. These events and sentiments made Reconstruction a difficult and painful time for the South and nurtured long-term animosities. Many white Southerners resented the ability of newly enfranchised black voters to put hated Republican politicians in power. The former organizations supporting white supremacy, secret societies opposed to blacks, the Republican Party, and the federal government. Most notable among these was the Ku Klux Klan, whose members were sworn to secrecy and hid their identities behind white robes and hooded masks. Criminal parliamentary organizations such as the KKK conducted increasingly violent and horrifying terrorist activities against U.S. citizens and their government throughout the Reconstruction period and beyond. Some former Confederate soldiers carried on the war as night Riders, which had started as patrols of white men deputized specifically to look for runaway slaves, enforce slave curfews, and squash any possible black uprisings. One of the founding members of the KKK was former Confederate General Nathan Bedford Forrest, who served as the organization's first Grand Wizard. Local Klan organizations, or claverns, touted the Flaming Cross as their symbol and were especially active during election campaigns using intimidation, violence, rape, and murder to help sway votes and prevent Republican political victories in their states. Targets included local Republican leaders and blacks who no longer conformed to antebellum standards of conduct. In areas under Republican control, authorities were hard-pressed to quell the violence and were loath to deploy their mostly black state militias against the KKK and other organizations for fear of provoking a full-blown race war. In areas under democratic control, the authorities themselves were frequently members of the Klan or sympathizers. Even when local law enforcement authorities did take action, Klan members often sat on juries or judges' benches ensuring little or no justice would be done. 
By the early 1870s, most Americans, Northern and Southern alike, agreed that the KKK was out of control, even forced publicly renounced its activities. In 1871, the Republican-led Congress authorized President Ulysses S. Grant to use federal troops to restore order in areas deemed the least under control. The troops had the power to arrest suspects and hold them indefinitely without trial. By 1872, the Ku Klux Klan had been defeated and it ceased to exist as an organization until it was revived more than four decades later in 1915. In the 1870s, Southerners opposed to the rule of the federal government, ultimately regained influence over their towns, counties, and states through political and economic means. They then used that power to corrupt and undermine many of the changes the federal government had made. It would be another century before the rights won for blacks during the war would come to fruition. Reconstruction lasted 12 years. Although the states that had succeeded were readmitted to the Union by early 1870, violence, civil unrest, and military occupation continued until 1877. All of this contributed to a long-term bitterness that has survived far beyond the lives of those who fought in the bloodiest American conflicts. History paints us a detailed picture of how the government worked way back when, so that we can better understand how it works now. It helps us understand the past and its influence on the present and the future. Moreover, it helps us foster tolerance, peace, and responsible citizenship by learning from the mistakes and achievements of others. This is Jamie. Thanks for listening.
meet again I will And I will run all the way just to meet you there